In our breakout and best-selling book, Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels, Dr. Scott Guerin and I share how you can communicate with angels, understand signs from the universe and these celestial beings, feel at peace knowing you are always connected to source, and much more. Get your copy today at lookingforangelsbook.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your local bookstore. And now you can even get the audio version narrated by me and Scott through Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. Nicole Bigley, and you are listening to a listener series on a psychic story. Hi, everyone. If this is your first episode of A Psychic Story, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back. This is the sixth listener episode of the podcast where we share the stories you submitted. Hi, Scott. What's new? Hi, Nicole. Well, I'm very excited. I have something really miraculous happened, but I'll get into that in a minute. But I wanted to give everybody, we can give everybody an update on the book. As uh, I've heard it say that books are produced at a speed. And I found, and we found out that that speed is glacier speed. <laughs> so it happens slow, but all for a good thing, you know, and, uh, you know, and certainly Nicole, you've had, you have a full time job and, but it's okay because things happen for a reason. We've met wonderful people along the way that, you know, to help us to clarify our thoughts, to help it to be zeroed in on our listeners and our readers. So we're in the final stages. We had published it back when we wanted to, about three months after you had initially reached out to me. It would not be the book that it is today. No, not at all. We're thinking about a pre-order stage where on Amazon, it'll appear as a pre-order option. And during the pre-order time, people can obviously sign up for a pre-order. And we're considering like a VIP event for those that pre-order. As we flesh this out and get out and think it through, we'd like to do that for those that uh, pre-order during that time. And then it'll it'll drop in paperback, hardcover, ebook, and audiobook, which is uh, something I know Nicole and I both were new to on the audiobook side, but it's a fascinating process. So it'll be available on several formats, and it really is coming down to uh, a final countdown in the next couple months. Yeah, the VIP event we were talking about maybe... You know, like you said, they you if you pre-order it, that's kind of your ticket into this online event. And we're talking through what that agenda could look like. It would obviously be online and virtual and most likely after the holidays, because we just know that a lot of people are, you know, they have a lot going on around that time of year. So we want to make sure that people can book the time and schedule it on their ends and can be really present and maybe also have then had the book in hand and read through some things and almost kind of a little bit of a book 
book club too. So if you have questions or you've tried some of the things out in the book and you want some real time feedback or insights, we could possibly do that as well. So I think that's really fun. And then to talk about the audio recording, can we just take a moment to share some behind the scenes about what we both experienced with the audio recording? Because in my mind, I don't know what I thought, but that it was going to be easy since we do a podcast. (laughs) You know, we talk a lot. Yes, it's not scripted. I know sometimes it can sound scripted, but ultimately I was like, oh, it's audio. We're going to read and that's all great. And we're familiar with the book, but you actually talked to someone and went through, I don't want to say some coaching, but she was giving you some advice. So there was that. But then actually when we did the recordings themselves, that really blew my mind about just the overall time and energy that it took. Do you want to maybe share your perspective and then I'll share mine? Yeah, the same thing for me. And, you know, I've uh, initially, my constant comment was that I hate my voice. (laughs) I don't like, I don't like, if I were a famous actor, I would never want to see myself on the screen doing parts. So, but it's good because I'm neither an actor or famous. But in any case, just hearing my voice, it took me a while to get over that. And thank God for the audio uh, editors and the production folks and the engineers at the, at each studio. And I can't say, well, I will hear your recording soon, uh, Nicole. But for me, uh, they're, they're able to do a lot to, uh, and just like, uh, Nikolai does on our episodes here and Mike, uh, piece things together and, uh, smooth things out. But, uh, the biggest thing was to get out of your own head as far as reading and what do I sound like and, and, um, the coach that I hired, Emily Lawrence, shout out to her, uh, was wonderful and just kind of guiding through saying, just be yourself, read, uh, don't think too much and things will come naturally. So, and it was intense. I mean, I spent uh, about seven hours in total, uh, in the studio. And, uh, and she mentioned and it happened. I know Nicole happened to you and to me. You, you, you do fine for two or three paragraphs, like perfectly. And then there's this one phrase that for some reason your brain just turns off and you can't get through it. And you have no idea, like, what's happening? I can't say this word. And Emily goes, it happened. There are certain words I cannot pronounce. Yeah. And uh, she said the same thing that, you know, even the pros, you know, have that experience. So it was a really fun thing uh, to do. And I'm a big fan of audiobooks. I used to be listening to them more when I was on the road quite a bit. I'd listen to probably two or three books a month. So uh, we hope that this, putting it in this format can help people as well. Yeah. And for me, I think what I thought was like, what did we do? We originally scheduled one session and then we did a second for me as like a backup to where if we didn't get through everything, then that would be kind of the, the, you know, option two. And the first one was what, six hours or something like that. And then the second, the following day, it was like a couple hours. And after two hours of reading that first day, I was like, enough, I'm done. (laughs) I need to pick it back up the second day because you are not, like you said, you're, you're not in your, you shouldn't be in your head and you're reading it from this true storytelling perspective. And because you know the content so well, it's also hard, you know, the good news is, you know, the content, the bad news is, you know, the content. And it was very different for me versus writing it and then reading it through and editing it 
and then reading it from that audio perspective because you want to have that energy and that tone behind it. And it took a lot out of me. I mean, after that first recording, I went straight home. It was the middle of the afternoon on a Saturday and I took a nap and I was like, what was happening? This was just me reading a book. It's not like I ran a marathon or anything else like that. So that was at least for me interesting. And we did talk a lot about whether or not we just hired a voice actor or something like that, which a lot of audiobooks do. But we felt like because you guys are familiar with our voices and know our voices, that this would create a little bit more of that personalization and customization to the book itself. All right. Well, hopefully we are in the home stretch for that. So I guess anything else you had some other experiences that you wanted to share. Great, great news. I'm very excited. I got the message. I got the message on Instagram and I'll call her Misty, not a real name, messaged me on Instagram and said that she did a reading on me and found out that she has some news about my family and abundance and the future. And so all I have to do is sign up, you know, and I think it's like 30 bucks and she'll tell me about it. So I'm very happy about it. I'm very excited. (laughs) It's a joke. Are you going to win the lottery? Is that what she's going to tell you? No, it's a joke. You know, obviously this is like a scam that happens quite a bit, but I can see how people play into it. You know, it was just a short couple sentences, but it's like, oh, maybe, maybe, you know, just click, you know, credit card. But there's a lot of scammers out there. And then I don't know if you had uh, some other tips and stuff. And it is, you know, obviously this is part of the episode. But and then a lot of my friends will say that when I talk about angels is they say, oh, you know, people, you know, psychics and clairvoyants and they're scammers. They're all scammers. And I'll say, well, there's scammers in every area that humans are involved with on this planet. But uh, what are some things that people can watch out for? Yeah, no, I mean, we've talked a little bit about this in some other episodes. And also I have received some messages from people where they do want kind of a full episode on scammers as a whole. I didn't really want to go in that direction because I felt like it was negative and I didn't really want to put that energy out there, but I do think that it's important. So stay tuned. There will probably be a solo episode from me on that very topic at some point in the future if you guys are interested. And if you're not, then just don't listen to it and that's totally fine. But I would say that, you know, one thing for me that's really helped lately is I got the verification on Instagram for both my personal and also for the podcast Insta. And that has definitely culled down a lot of those impersonator accounts that would kind of replicate my content. You know, I would always get messages of you're hacked. No, my account knock on wood wasn't hacked as much as it's just like there's these bots in this technology now where they can mirror your social media platforms and right down to, you know, all of your photos and your content. And that's why they're called impersonator accounts. And the intention behind that is that then they message you if you're following me or someone else. And then they say, hi, you know, because you trust that person in particular, that if they message you about something like you received, then you know, it's legitimate. And what I usually say is, yes, check to see if there's a verification. The verification isn't always going to denote that somebody is not a scammer necessarily, but that does help because most people don't want to pay for it 
or at least again, there's a little bit of a verification that they are who they say they are. But then also you can look at the other person or the accounts page and see if the photos were either all uploaded around the same time frame. So things that go back years in the past, if that was the same date, like July 1st or whatever else like that, or a series of those that just multiple posts are on the same day, that can be an indication. I also sort of laugh. I mean, it's not funny, but it is where the language is just weird. It'll They'll say things like, um, hello, beloved. And we I have this amazing message for you. And then they use a lot of emoticons and emojis and things like that. Those are some easy ways to kind of spot it. But the biggest one is if somebody proactively reaches out to you, you know, no legitimate practitioner is going to say, hey, I have some information for you. Do you want a reading? Or even honestly, I also just feel like you need to have some boundaries or they should have some boundaries. Um, Just because you receive information about someone shouldn't mean that you're proactively sharing that, especially if you didn't ask that person in particular. So those are some ways. So automatically just block them. Don't even engage. And you do also have to be careful because sometimes it's not about money. If you click on links or you open that message, there can be other things like spyware or whatever, and they may be trying to hack into your account. So sharing all that, not to make you be in fear, but just to be aware and mindful that unfortunately, like Scott said, just as in any industry, there are people that are out there designed, you know, with their intentions are not always pure and to just keep that in mind. So I don't know if that helps. Yeah, it's always good to keep that in mind. Be careful. When you get back to Misty, let me know what she says. All right. Um, So this month, we have a few stories that cover a variety of topics. And we wanted you to see all the different types of experiences people have been sharing with us over the last several months. This is more of a grab bag, so to speak. Scott, why don't you start us off? Sure. This voicemail message is from Yvette from Yorktown, Virginia, and it shows us how our spirit team can work to literally keep us out of harm's way. Hello, Nicole. I am just calling in to tell you an angel story. I'm pretty sure it was a guardian angel and the reason me and my whole family are alive. We were coming back from uh, the Grand Canyon. We were on I-40 East and I was driving and uh, we had rented a van. We went, we were going to a, a wedding, my brother's wedding. And so I had my mom, my dad, my daughter and my niece. And it was it just, the sun just went down and we were going over a hill. So, you know, it's dark and I'm going, driving down this hill and at I can see probably about a thousand feet away or so, like a line of deer and, but they're on the side of the road, like it was a whole herd. And as I, I see them on the side and I point out to my mom, I'm like, oh, look at all the deer. And then I look forward and I see them all crossing the highway. And it was a huge buck and just, there probably was about four in the middle of the road. And I kid you not when I say like time just stopped and I was, thinking, what should I do? Like, do I go left? And then the deer hits my mom's side and she dies, or I go right and then the whole van is going to crash. And so I'm like, well, I'm praying, please help us here. I don't know what to do. And as we're getting closer, the, it looked like a female was on the right, on the right hand side. And it was like someone had yanked the antlers, or maybe it was a male, and antlers to the deer's right and up, enough for me to actually swerve around and through the line of deer. None of them moved. No one, they didn't bolt. It's like they just stood there, and that deer just 
bucked up enough for me to go through. And uh, the only thing was that the deer that I passed on my left-hand side, his tail swished the rearview mirror. It was like a miracle. And I, to this day, think it was our guardian angel watching over us because the way that deer had bucked up was in an unnatural way. And I think him all the time. So I just wanted to share that because I tell that story to everybody to let them know that, yes, your guardian angels are watching over you, and I have proof. So I just wanted to share that story. I love your show. Keep up the good work, and uh, thank you. Thanks, Yvette, for that story. It's really fascinating when you get into those and you know that something has happened that has been manipulated by the spirit world for your protection. And, uh, and the, the other thing was that, you know, and I've had this, my, have this happen myself where you get into a situation and your mind thinks through like so many, it thinks so fast in a matter of seconds. Like you were saying, well, I could go left, I could go right, you know, and all this is happening in a very, very short period of time. And then also, like you said, all the deer kind of froze, all the other deer. And then the one deer, obviously, his head got, you know, kind of turned or held up for you to go by. So very interesting things. And you wonder how many of these things happen and we don't happen to notice that, you know, just it happened for you. You saw it happening in front of you. But um, I would guess there, there are other times when things happen like that and we don't even see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of people I'll hear where there's going to be a car accident, they see it coming, or there's something in time kind of slows down. And because I was even thinking as she was telling the story, wow, there was a lot of thought and things happened in that short amount of time before the deer and the head kind of went back. So whether they were frozen because everything slowed down or they paused because they were just as shocked as she was, but the unnatural kind of jerking or reaction of the head definitely in my mind is divine intervention because you know and the most important is that she also believes that you feel it we tend to question our experiences a lot of those times are on those occasions and if you feel and have that knowing or that experience and wholeheartedly believe then that is also your answer that this was the divine and that something interceded to support you and to help you you know and another thing that has come up to me after during the rollout of this book is to think about the why you know why do why are we saying it's important for people to know about angels or why do we have this book out there uh who are who's it for and um so many people are leaving organized religion and, and moving on to spirituality and other things and spiritual but not religious group is growing and the why part is not always for times of need, it, it, or it shouldn't be, myself included. I kind of am drawn to that, like, oh, well, I, I can just do it myself, or I'll just accept what's happening. And I don't rely on my spirit team to help me do things like in a non-urgent matter, you know, like to, you know, like to help with the day or to help with a project or to help with something else. And so Yvette felt very comfortable, help, you know, please help us here. You know, we need some help here. And I think if we all kind of take that, uh, that approach to say we have help around us, we just need to ask for it every now and then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think we had talked about this earlier at some point, but the fact that they're always there, meaning you're 
want to call it God, source, universe. We're connected to it all the time. We have a direct line, so to speak. We just always don't feel engaged or connected every single moment of every single day. So for me, it's about a way of life. And also, again, knowing that our spirit team is always beside us, whether we're connecting or communicating with them. So if we want to ask for signs and answers to things and direction and guidance, or if we just want to know that we're being supported and loved no matter what, again, to me, that's why this is so important is that if you do feel alone and you don't feel like you have a support within the community around you, the human community necessarily, that you do have that, again, connection to source and the universe and that you're not alone regardless of what you're going through. And to me, that's really a powerful, it's empowering and why, again, I find it so important for me and how I live my life. And yeah, things happen over time and everyday life gets in the way or I shouldn't say gets in the way as much as just happens. And so I have, I too have to remind myself, you know, to tap into my own intuition, to trust and to go forth through that. But that's the part of the spiritual journey and the growth that we all go on. And, and it's certainly individual for sure. Now, this voicemail is from Emily from California, and she tells us about the signs she received from her grandpa after he passed. Hi, Nicole. just want to start by saying I absolutely love your podcast, and every week I get excited for another one to come out. And I wanted to share a story. So my grandpa passed away in 2020 at 98 years old, and he always sends me a butterfly, birds, things like that. And this day was pretty awesome because me and my mom were on our way to my older brother's house to babysit my nephew. And we were leaving the house. And before we left our neighborhood, my mom wanted to grab a jacket. So I was, as I was turning back around on our street, I noticed a, a, a monarch butterfly in front of the car. And so I kind of slowed down and I was joking with my mom, like, oh, like, you know, I don't want to hit the butterfly. Like, I don't want to hit the butterfly that grandpa sent. And then my mom goes, oh, my gosh, listen to the song that's playing right now. And it was one of my uh, grandpa's favorite songs by Frank Sinatra. And that was playing. And then I looked at the clock and it was 3-3-3. And so my mom went inside. And as she was inside the house, there was a huge swarm of bees that just came flying right in front of our car and over our house. And it was just a, a really special experience. And I had tears in my eyes and it was beautiful. And um, it was just in a time that I needed it. I just started school and feeling stressed. And so I think he sent all that for me and also to say happy birthday to my brother-in-law. It was his birthday that day. And it was also Easter weekend. So it was just a really special experience. And I wanted to share. Thank you so much, Nicole. Well, thank you, Emily, for sharing that story. And I mean, we were just talking about this, that you know, different signs and things happen and that there's a lot of synchronicities, but ultimately it's the how things unfold and what you believe in and also what you're feeling at the time. And she knew intuitively on some level that this was an indication from a loved one on the other side, her grandpa in particular, and that there was a succession, so to speak, of one thing after the next. And it was all very meaningful for her, the birthday, Easter, Easter, 
I don't know if there was any significance particularly with Butterflies. I know obviously she mentioned the Frank Sinatra song and that he loved it. So that was, again, him trying to get her attention of, hey, look look around you. I'm here. But now I would be curious if, as she sees Butterflies later on, if that's something where she associates that with her grandfather or if that he continues to do that. So beautiful story as a whole and overall. What do you think, Scott? Sometimes I think I'm clueless walking through this world. You know, we you see things like that. Yeah, you know, these things are like happening, could be happening to me, but you know, I'm just kind of like going on my way. Uh, but uh, you know, it kind of underscored the importance to. Well, sometimes a butterfly is just a butterfly. The butterfly, yes, that's true. But uh, you know, sometimes a butterfly is just a butterfly. But. <laughs> Yes, at the same thing. Yeah, but just to be open and aware um, and to just quiet, you know, quiet in, in, for me, quiet my mind, uh, be in a receptive mode rather than always be, you know, forging forward on a mission, you know, being active, happy, you know, I have to have, you know, whatever music playing, you know, whatever it may be, you know, uh, spend time to quiet my mind and be open to the the unseen world and the synchronicities that occur around us because they it may be happening more uh, times than I think. Yeah. And again, it goes back to if you are open to receiving and you're paying attention, then you're likely to also see more and have more experiences versus you just kind of walking through life on autopilot. And the example, to some extent, where you were talking in the prior listener episode about you went to you know, get some wood or some planks and it was your intuition. It was also because you were asking and you were questioning things and that message came in loud and clear for you to hear it. it wasn't necessarily butterflies and signs like that, but it, it goes to show you when you're receptive and you're open. And in even that case, you weren't necessarily paying attention or specifically looking out for something, but energetically you were in that space. All right. And as we've mentioned before, you don't just have to submit a voicemail through the 1-800 number. You can also email contact at a psychic story.com if you prefer to write in your story as well. And now we're going to read through a couple of those submissions. And I'm going to take the first one. This story is from Kate. And she writes, I had my spiritual awakening on a stormy pre-dawn morning of January of 2020. I had parked my vehicle as the skies opened up in a torrential downpour. I was drinking my morning coffee and listening to alpha wave music that I had been drawn to recently. As I listened to the back and forth of music and rain, I heard in my head, I am. There was a pregnant pause as I became aware of the fact that I had not thought that nor had I said that to myself. As I was trying to process the implications of this unnamed voice, I suddenly knew that there was more to come and that I needed to grab my phone and open up the Notes app to transcribe the impending information. The culmination of this inner conversation with Source, or God, was physically experiencing what life's purpose was. The bliss that I felt in that moment was infallible. I felt complete. I quite literally had no need to return back into my body or back to my everyday life. I had the Holy Grail. I knew what our purpose in life is supposed to be and how it felt. From this conversation and experience with God, and not the God from the religion I was raised in, I live each day with a new perspective and a new focus. This opened my mind, made me aware of possibilities, and allowed me to experience spiritual abilities that I didn't even realize I had, and we all have. 
We are all more than we think we are. Thank you for sharing this. So what do you think, Scott? Well, Kate, you had me at I am. I mean, to me, that's been such a special term throughout my my whole life, you know, in my spirit, my uh, religious life and quest, and then even after. But for me, the I am, what I I immediately turn to is the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament for the Christians, first announces the I am as when Moses was leading out the Jews from captivity. And and they had, you know, the burning bush, a bush that was burning, but wasn't consumed by the fire. And and the, uh, the Hebrew Bible says that uh, the voice that came out from that spoke to Moses was the angel of the Lord, which a lot of Old Testament scholars says that that is God. Other people would say that it's Gabriel, and that it was the uh, archangel Gabriel. But the Jewish scholars believe that it was the angel of the Lord's God. It says, I am. So Moses says, uh, who is telling me this? You know, who are you? And who shall I say is is giving me this information? And the voice said, I am who I am. This is what you say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. Meaning that the God above all gods was present there telling him to do that. So fast forward to Jesus's life when he was, uh, you know, you know, he died when he was 33, around that. And so towards the end of his life, he was causing a lot of turmoil by being popular, doing miracles, calling out the religious leaders, saying that they were just bilking the followers for money, for sacrifices, this and that. So he was a problem. And the religious leaders wanted to get rid of him, you know, to quiet him. So at the time they were in Roman occupied area and the way the Romans would do it, they would occupy an area and then set up a local government that included some people of that local culture to help run the area. And so the, and that was the religious leaders was part of the local government. So when the Jewish leaders went to the Roman government and said, we want this person crucified, it's like capital punishment. The Romans initially said, well, you know, he hasn't done anything wrong. You know, he hasn't broken any laws. We can't do this. And so the leaders went back and started interrogating Jesus to the, and, and asked him, who do you think you are? You know, by, by being this leader, by doing all these things. And he says, he said, before Abraham was born, I am. So he referenced that same, that same situation and that same entity or being as I am. And that was what the, the, the leadership wanted to hear because blasphemy was punishable by death. So then that's how they could go to the Roman government and say, we have it. He said it, capital punishment. So that's the setup in that story. And you now there's disagreements here and there over, you know, for, but just about anything religious oriented. But that's a, the scenario that I kind of grew up with. And then the other one, the other part of that was uh, Wayne Dyer did a series called the I Am Meditations, where he worked with James Twyman. And James Twyman was a guy who took tuning forks and somehow matched them with the holy name of God and then reproduced the sounds to make a meditation tape. And then Wayne would come in and say, you know, to manifest anything in your life, you do these I am meditations and, and basically say, you know, on the breathe, on the breath in, you say, I am, and then whatever you desire. And on the out breath, you say, I am. And you do that over and over again. And I was able, I did it with a, a thing at work that ended up being, you know, kind of uh, productive. But but that's the whole thing. So the, that's the 
That's the I am story for me. That's my reaction to that. Wow. So what do you think I am means? I think it refers to, you know, whatever you want to call it, supreme being, highest consciousness, God, you know, ultimate, the thing that we're all connected into, that all life is. And that and when we say that, we are claiming that piece of, of that for our lives and, and recognizing that. So, you know, in, in the conversations of God books, they say he proposes that at one point God took himself and smashed himself like a mirror into a trillion pieces so that we all can reflect back that initial God like, you know, God uh, component of our lives. And that is the I am that we can plug into. And so there is really unlimited, not to say they're all power mongers, but there's unlimited help and power and love right there for us if we claim that that we are indeed a part of the I am. Beautifully said. Yeah, when you were telling the stories and giving the back the the context to the backstory and what it means from a religious perspective, I was trying to tune in more energetically and asking that question, I am, and the way you phrased it is beautifully said. But energetically I was getting and then the message in my mind was when we ask ourselves the question, who am I? And, you know, we've talked about this before on the podcast. I'm a daughter. I'm a sister. Me particularly. I, I do podcasting. There's all these definitions of what our, our identity is. And as a result of that, we tend to just place ourselves in this box. But when you state something like I am, to your point, it's powerful, it's empowering, you're claiming that, but also you're not having to define anything. You're not having to define an, a, an identity or what that is. You are, you exist, you're, you're in a state of being. So capital B, capital E, lowercase ing, you are. You are present and that's how we're meant, I think, to live our lives in purpose. So love the story, Kate. And I, you know, you kind of, you, you, you came out of the gate strong and you said how what you were experiencing felt. I want to hear more about your notes, like what actually you took and what was downloaded. Cause I would also kind of equate that to you were in a peaceful state, you know? And it may be, and that, you know, I'm thinking more and more is a feeling, you know, that we live our lives through feelings. So in a sense, it may not matter what she wrote down because she connected vibrations, energy connected. It's almost ineffable. So, but it it does cause you to say, well, what did she write down? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was just wondering if there were any other insights, you know, outside of the emotion or the energetic experience, because she said she opened up her notepad and there were some other things, but what I was also going to say is I would equate that she was probably in a relaxed state. She was in that oneness. She reached that vibration and frequency where, you know, she was there. And so she was open to receiving. Um, she mentioned the rain, sipping her coffee. And so that allowed that door, so to speak, to be open to receive the download and to receive the message. Sometimes people get to that state through meditation or other ways uh, through prayer, through intention or walking in nature, that sort of thing. But anyway, I just thought it was a beautiful way to explain all of that. So, all right, now over to you, Scott, for the next one. All right. The final story for today is from Brittany, and it's about the deity called Hecate. And I've not heard about Hecate until I read this message. And actually, in, in the book as well, we have a section on that. But why don't you take a moment, Nicole, to describe a little bit about what Hecate is? 
So Hecate, I had heard of her before, but I wasn't quite as familiar until, you know, she started popping up, as Scott mentioned, when we were working on the book. And we have a range of different types of spirit team members in that book from archangels, angels, ascended masters, deities, and also our, you know, for the most part, our loved ones. And so Hecate uh, is known as the goddess of magic, witchcraft, the night, moon. And there's a whole backstory story of her and how she received her power over heaven, earth, and sea. But, you know, for the most part, she was a goddess in this ancient Greek religion and mythology. She's often shown holding a pair of torches, a key, and she's also shown to be accompanied by dogs. So there's, again, um, more about that in our book. So when you get that, you can read a little bit more about it. But she is a protector as well. One of my favorite podcasts, just shout out to, and that's why we drink. I love that uh, podcast because they take a, a lens of sharing stories about the supernatural and paranormal, but then also true crime. So to me, it's kind of like the best of both worlds merged together. They do have an episode about Hecate. They do a deep dive. And I thought, thought that that was really fun. So if you want a little bit more about that, you can go over and listen to that episode. But yeah, that is um, who Hecate is. And I don't know, Scott, if you want to maybe take a little bit of time before we dive into a story about a deity itself and what they are comprised of. So when we say deity, what does it mean? Yeah. So, and then uh, as with, and, and I, I put this in throughout the book is that subjects like these or topics like these are debatable to, to some extent. But, uh, in our perspective, a deity is a higher level. And we don't want to say higher all the time because it kind of denotes a hierarchy, but it is a being that operates at a higher level of love and power and energy that is above a, an ascended master and archangel and the other levels of angels that are there that are listed. And one characteristic of a deity that's different from the others is that they are worship and they allow to be worshipped, where uh, others say, don't, you know, don't worship me. Sometimes outright will say that, but they're not of that type of being. So now we we had a discussion about this earlier, that a deity could have been a person, you know, incarnate person that has just evolved up to a spiritual being and then above archangels and uh, to have that seat. And so they are a little, they are special in that sense. Um, we have uh, Jesus as a deity. Uh, certainly Christianity has him as a part of the Godhead. But in another way, he's an ascended master because not everyone believes, you know, that, you know, if non-Christian Islam Jews do not see Jesus as a deity, but uh, certainly as a, a great rabbi or more of the ascended master type of position. So in general, a deity is, is kind of a separate category. And we and that's how we've treated it in the book, because there are others that fall into that category of a deity. Yeah, no, excellent description. I would just add, you could also maybe consider them as like a supernatural being. So as Scott mentioned, they're like a god or goddess that's you typically worship by people, but there are some in, through Christianity, like Jesus, but also a lot of Greek mythology. So you think of Zeus and, and others, um, they were considered gods. And that's why when Scott was talking, when we were having the conversation of, you know, Zeus could have potentially been a person, but then over time through lore and mythology, he was elevated from a, from a cultural or a community standpoint to God, or was he truly a supernatural? being who knows um but yeah from my perspective 
over time, our output and what we think and our energy either creates them if they didn't already exist, but they also tend to have these powers or control and support of the actual physical world. And FYI, the word deity specifically means divine nature. So that's the definition of it. But yeah, now back to the story. Now that we've had this little sidebar. (laughs) Okay, story from Brittany. I have a story about how I started working with my deity, Hecate. I've been spiritual my entire life, but really started practicing and turning my abilities at the end of 2022. I'd been thinking of working with a deity, but I wasn't sure where to start. I kept getting signs from TikTok about a deity named Hecate. I know it sounds silly, but I felt very drawn to her. I didn't know much about her other than that she helped people with shadow work. Here's another little sidebar. Uh, Shadow work, and can you explain a little bit of that? I have another uh, perspective on it, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hear a lot about uh, shadow work, I feel like, in the spiritual community. So sometimes practitioners will say things like inner child work or shadow work. But essentially, it means that you're working with your unconscious mind to uncover the parts of yourself that you repress or may hide from yourself. So it's a fancy way of saying therapy. There's different ways that you could kind of go through that. But the types of things that you may repress or hide would include trauma or maybe parts of your experiences or personality that you just prefer not to think about. And so anyone can really do shadow work on their own, but ultimately, and this is my perspective, is that if you are going to be doing it, you want to be in a place where you have the time and the space, because especially if it's something that you're looking into from a trauma uh, or something like that, that would require a licensed therapist and everything else. But I just mention all that because shadow work isn't just, oh, I'm going to meditate and kind of dive into my shadow work. It's it's really what the the term represents. You're doing a deep dive into uncovering things and releasing and healing, whether that's emotional or mental, um, on the unconscious side of things. So I tend to not work in a lot of the shadow work realm and area, but if you're feeling led or drawn to it, or if a practitioner brings it up, just make sure that they're licensed within that, or you're at least receiving support from a licensed therapist in addition to that practitioner and their insights. But that's a long-winded way of saying what shadow work is. Yeah. And and then uh, Carl Jung, the psychologist years ago, he said that one of the most powerful things a person can do is examine the shadow part of their personalities. And that is the things that, you know, can be, you know, sinister and unknowing and kind of p- bubbling up from the id, you know, the base source of desires. But and what he was saying is that if you don't embrace the parts of yourself that you don't happen to like, you are going to pay for it in a sense by projecting out, you know, as they say, if if you don't like something about yourself, you're going to have problems with everybody around you that has that same characteristic. And that can go from, you know, people, be, I used to think my kids were being lazy, like, oh, you're lazy, this and that. And then I realized deep down inside that, you know, I kind of felt lazy a lot. And I, and I had that thing about me that maybe I thought I was lazy and I was struggling with that. So I project out to that. Homosexuality is another thing, is a very, a very common projection that people who are struggling with that in their own lives and are trying to, con- they condemn it and they're trying to stuff it down. They'll be the ones that are criticizing those out there. Um, Carolyn Mice has a great program. Actually, I'm almost done with it. It's called Facing Your Shadow. And it's, uh, I, I got a thing from on Facebook about it. And it kind of, it, it's not as intense as I thought, but it's all about being comfortable with the shadow parts of yourself, which are two part. One, 
are the, you know, the selfish things that you don't like. And other parts are just things that are in the shadow that just aren't in the light, you know, not necessarily bad or harmful or whatever. They're just things about yourself that, that you don't know about. And so it's good to explore and examine both the things you don't like about yourself and, and things that are latent that need to be, you know, that can be developed. So yeah, not for me anytime soon. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll go into that a little bit more. But I do know that, you know, it sounds like as well what you're talking about is self-acceptance. So you probably gain a lot more confidence and self-esteem through it. There's probably the opportunity to build better relationships with yourself and others. There's that whole thing. But I would imagine it overall improves your wellness and state of being. So. Yeah, if you don't love yourself, you're not going to love others. I mean, it's just the way it is, you know, <laughs> it's kind of a fact. Okay, so Brittany, I promise we'll get through your <laughs> email. Back to the story. The night to honor her, Hecate, was coming up, so I decided to give an offering November 16th, the night of Hecate. I gave an offering of two eggs and a puff pastry with honey on top because that's what the internet said she liked and her dogs liked. I said, this offering is for Hecate and her dogs. If you'd like to work with me and guide me through my journey, please accept this offering. When I woke up the next morning, the eggs were gone, but the pastry was still there. It was around 4.30 a.m., so I thought I'd give it extra time. I went to the gym, came home, and got ready for work. By 6.30 a.m., I was in the kitchen making my coffee when I heard a knock at the door. Why is someone knocking at my door at 6.30 a.m.? I looked out the window and saw no one was there, but the pastry was gone. I texted my husband later that morning and asked if he could check to see what ate the eggs and pastry. When he looked, he realized the front door camera was dead, and the last clip it took was me putting the offering on the front porch. A couple days later, I did a guided meditation involving Hecate. I saw what she looked like before the person guiding the meditation described her. She started telling me about her and that she was here to help, and it was a very special session, and I cried. A couple days after that, I heard an owl hooting outside my house for two weeks straight, the same time every morning at 4.30 a.m. In addition, throughout the day, I'd listened to a playlist on Random Shuffle, that had over 55 hours of music on it. And on November 22nd, I heard these songs in a row. The first one was A Cedar Moon, Shaman's Dream. It has an owl hooting in it. The second was Supermoon by Das Via, D-O-S-S-E-V-I-A. And it talks about coming home to what your soul has been longing for. And actually, I looked up this song on Spotify. It's very, it was pulling me in, like very very intriguing and I, I want to I'm going to go back to that when I'm in a quiet time and uh, experience that okay so the third one was a 396 hertz dissolve negative thinking track I was wondering how all these could be possible the fourth was show yourself Alaya Nero the cover picture on the song looks like Hecate and the fifth was spirits calling which was a beautiful chorus a week later I figured out why she sent the owl she wanted me to set up an altar for her. I found the perfect hallway table for $10 on Facebook Marketplace, picked it up, and the same day made an altar. I was able to include a crystal on the altar that was from one of my friends. I found out later that Hecate didn't want it on her altar. Everything needed to be from me, and me only. Hecate is an amazing deity to work with. She's helped me work through the dark shadows that I've suppressed over the years. She's also helped protect me and showed me true patience and understanding. I've noticed a lot of people who are scared to work with deities because they don't want to make them mad or fear of doing something wrong. But I think that stems from religious trauma and fear. 
true deities or higher powers know what you're capable of. They're extremely loving, caring, understanding, and supportive in my experience. They will teach you hard lessons, but that's how we grow and evolve. Thank you for listening to my story. I love the podcast and it's helped me expand my knowledge so much. I think this is a really great example, too, of hearing how, you know, we typically think of praying to our angels or maybe God or Jesus or more from that religious type of place. And there's so much more out there to be able to guide us and support us. And I, again, hadn't really heard a lot about Hecate until I had, uh, it's, she just started popping up, like I said, through that podcast episode, through the story submission, through the listener, but also in every day. And so when we were doing research for her in particular about the book, I, I did feel compelled to include her because of the reason where she mentioned right at the end that so many people are, are in fear about other things, deities, gods, goddesses, or energy that's out there. And it doesn't have to be this scary thing. It's more about keeping an open mind about all of the other things that are out there and what you can experience and, and not to place judgment on certain things that maybe you heard or don't understand quite, quite frankly. Now, what type of, did you get a positive feeling with Hecate? Did you get a, a cautious or did you get a... No, um... It was more that if you hear about or you read up about Hecate, I, I mentioned earlier in the beginning, it's uh, uh, she's associated with witchcraft. And witchcraft isn't a negative thing where a lot of people think that it is. And from my perspective, it's more about rituals and ceremony. There can be a worship or there is a religion within w witchcraft as well, like Wiccan and all that. I'm not an expert, so I don't want to even necessarily go down that path because, you know, I don't want to do it injustice or not do service of it. But ultimately, as I was tapping in, it, she felt very much serious energy where she is here to help you get something done. That is kind of the feeling that I got when I started listening to that super moon track I mentioned earlier. It wasn't like a like fun, loving, wow. it was it was something it's very it was very drawing to me and I, and I didn't even get through the whole thing. And I may go back to that, uh, but but yeah, that that's the that's the thing. If it's serious, doesn't necessarily mean it's bad or negative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's an energy that gets things done. She is not here to mess around. She wants to make sure that there's obstacles that are removed, that you're set up for success, that there's a strong foundation for you to go forth. And if you think about it, if, if she's a deity that you work with to help remove challenges or and heal and shadow work, she's going to have that serious nature about her because you need that more that grounded energy in order to, and that strength. So for the most part, in order to be able to do all that other stuff, you don't want something like floaty and like, la, 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 you know, type of, of energy. That's at least what I, I got. And I, again, I really do suggest you maybe go listen to this other episode about Hecate from, and that's why we drank it, because it is a little bit more fun and lighthearted about it, but she has so much history around her. It, Hecate does as far as just how she got so many jobs and <laughs> roles and responsibilities as a deity. It's really insightful to just kind of hear so much uh, about how she really became to be and what that lore and what that mythology is about her and what she stands for. Yeah, my wrestling coach and friend that passed years ago that I kind of have a connection with now, um, that's one characteristic I always have and still have with him is that it's even though I love him dearly, 
it's not all like it's not all fun and fun, this and that. Sometimes he would come back like with a, you know, get going or one of the biggest things in a big match I had. I remember him just yelling at me like, "Why don't you wrestle?" And just angry. Um, and so it wasn't like a kind, loving like, "Come on, let's go." <laughs> so it's that type of thing. I think you know, loving but in a harsher. It's almost like tough love. Yes, tough. That's what I was saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. that could be it. Tough love. Yeah. But they all have personalities, I would say, or or should I say really more about energy around it that evokes a certain type of presence and experience related. And, you know, you can deem that, you know, how, however you would like. All right. Anything else, Scott, before we wrap up? Ooh, I do have something. Oh, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I totally forgot to tell you. So this is fun. Remember how Jen and Jill, how you can forget them from Common Mystics podcast were on for two episodes and we talked at length and then I was on their podcast. Well, they are indeed kidnapping me. They are going to be in Ohio in September and we're meeting up. I sent them a bunch of different options. They emailed me this past weekend and I will save it for the episode. I don't know if it's going to be on a a psychic story, if it's going to be on theirs or we're going to do kind of a joint thing. But ultimately, they are picking me up and we're going to go and do our little road trip. And I will definitely update you before I do everyone else. But I think it's going to be really fun. Wherever you three get together, you're a hoot. The three of you just feed. Oh, it's so much fun. The two episodes they did, it's just so much. It's just they're just incredible. And then with you involved, it's just a great thing. So good. You're going to have a lot of fun, I'm sure. Yeah, we're going to go hunt some ghosts. No, just kidding. We're going to go um, open to here and see all of the experiences around this area. And I'm really excited to learn more about the history and culture with me having moved you know, part-time to Ohio at least because I haven't had a chance to take the time to look a little bit more about the history of the land in the area. You know, you hear things, but I, but I think going in and, and really trying to tap into it energetically and then doing the research will be really eye-opening. So excited about that. Are you going to go to the Serpent Mound? Nope. We're not going to go there. Well, I don't know, actually. That's an ancient uh, Indian archaeological site, one of the biggest ones in the in central USA, I guess. But uh, it's like about an hour and a half outside of uh, Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you and I were going to go when you were visiting earlier this year for the Psychic Festival back in April, and we just didn't have a chance to go. Unfortunately, they're going to be closed down in the fall for us to go. But yeah, so for people that aren't familiar, or if you are, there was an episode on Netflix, Ancient Apocalypse there. Just go check out that episode. It was really fascinating. But anyway, no, I, I don't know, because the idea is that we're going to meet up, and then we just get in the car and we drive. So we could go to Serpent Mound. <laughs> we could find ourselves there but we don't we haven't necessarily picked a specific location that's kind of the point so that we we don't have an an opportunity or a chance to really look into it before we go so that we're really getting those intuitive hits but anyway so i just wanted to share that so everybody stay tuned for more on that but uh, all right, so this is our regular plug to remind you to send in your story. We would love to hear about it. Specifically, we are now looking for stories that would be shared or could be shared around Halloween and or the holidays. But we will take any and all experiences, including any questions you may have. We have made it easy for you to submit your experience or story a number of different ways, such as the website at a psychicstory.com forward slash story dash submission. 
Email at contact at a psychic story.com, voicemail at 1 800 880 1881. Reminder again that there's a 10 minute limit available. If it cuts you off, call back and finish your message. And if you're international and prefer audio but can't use the 1 800 number, then feel free to record audio on your phone or in another way and email it in. By submitting your story, you're automatically giving us permission to share it on the podcast. And if you're looking for an update on the book, you can certainly go to lookingforangelsbook.com. It'll give you a, a rundown on what the book's about. You can sign up to get alerts when it is going to be available, which is going to be soon. Right, Nicole? That's all we're going to say. going to be soon. It's coming. Yes. Don't look at me. We now need to upload it to the publish or to the publishers and all that other kind of stuff. And Haley needs to work her design magic. No. So anyway. All right. Well, as... Yeah, I'm not blaming you for that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. Well, we'll let it slide. All right. Well, as always, everyone, thank you for listening. And Scott, I'll give you the final sign off. Okay. Thanks, everyone. And see, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to A Psychic Story. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. All episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at apsychicstory.com. Have a question? Is there a topic you'd like to hear more about or have a suggestion for a future guest? Send an email to contact at a psychicstory.com or leave a voicemail message at 1-800-880-1881. We'd love to hear from you and you may even be featured on a future episode. If you're interested in booking a session with me, you can do that directly on the website. And if you want to hear even more content hosted by yours truly, check out my other show, Supernatural Matters. Reminder that you are automatically entered to win either a free 20-minute intuitive or energy healing session with me if you leave five stars along with a positive review. Currently, reviews can be left on Apple, Stitcher, Podchaser, or CastBox podcast players. Don't forget to email contact at a psychicstory.com when you do, because it allows me to get in touch with you if your name is pulled in the drawing. Your name stays in until you win.